0: Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about, um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter Him for all His goodness and His grace and for lives to be changed by Him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself, and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, dear and glorious God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. This morning, as we're singing about these things, and as we're thanking God for what He has done, we want to remind ourselves that this is the work that God invites us to partner with Him in, Amen. that the Lord Jesus Christ, who has raised us from the dead, wants us to be resurrection people in our world. Does anybody want to be more about life than death? Yeah? Okay, do you want to be about resurrection? Now, That's the tricky stuff, isn't it? Uh, because naturally speaking we see things in our world maybe in our own experience that seem to be of death or decay they're the the tough things the struggling situations those places in your life where you feel like you don't have enough like things are lacking or they're not as they should be the things that are causing you pain and our, our natural human instinct is to say well there's just nothing that can be done but the resurrection instinct is to say God is still at work the resurrection instinct is to say God is still alive. Well, that was a really good place for a hallelujah. God is still alive. And the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it lives in us, and it is at work in us, so that that power might be at work within the world that we live in. Does anybody believe that Jesus wants to do a good work through your life? I think some of us, we need to kind of be reminded of these things, don't we? You know, sometimes it feels like we've just been holding our breath for an awful long time. And God is saying, come on, you can exhale now. There's a moment, isn't there, in the Gospels where Jesus, he meets with his disciples and he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Spirit. You know, God is saying to us this morning, you don't have to hold your breath. You don't have to hold your breath. God is breathing over us. And he's saying to us, receive my spirit. Receive resurrection life. Receive a renewal of hope. Receive an appetite for the change that I'm working in the world. Receive your trust again in my word and in my kingdom. And God breathes on us. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Come on. Would you do something with me this morning? You know that I'm a bit odd. So you can, you can roll with this. But come on, would you just take a few deep breaths? And not just the deep breaths, but breathe them out again. But just breathe in and breathe out this morning. Could you do that this morning? Just breathe in and breathe out. Might be this morning you've come with all kinds of apprehensions. It might be at home you're there with all kinds of apprehensions. But just breathe in, breathe out for a moment. Would you do that? You breathe in the Spirit of God. Breathe out your apprehensions and let them go cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you breathe in the spirit breathe out your apprehensions and then keep on going, breathe in the spirit and let's begin to breathe out some faith eh? You know, breathe in the spirit, be aware of his presence, aware of his comfort aware of his empowering work and breathe out faith and say God be at work through me In this world, in this world, God, would you do a good work? Start in me, start through me, do a good work, God. And I pray over all my brothers and sisters here and and, and viewing this live stream, I pray, dear Jesus, over each and every one of us, that God, we would again receive your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we're perhaps tuning our hearts to the coming Pentecost Sunday, but this is for today as well as for then. It's for every day. We want to be people who breathe in your Spirit, Jesus would you do a renewing work in your people through your spirit refresh us encourage us comfort us and empower us correct us, renew us, redirect us God send us in your way turn graves into gardens God you are the only one who can Amen 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 You're welcome to take a seat for a moment here and at home. Uh, You know, maybe you just take that. And and There's a temptation, isn't there, to make our our Christian lives sometimes about a moment, a singular moment, and singular moments are good with God. God does good work through suddenlies. Does anybody know about this? That he does come surprisingly suddenly, sometimes unexpectedly, and he does do good work through that. But God also does good work through the regular through the rhythm and on Jesus on one occasion he says learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace and so you know maybe just through the week uh, would you take a moment every day maybe a few moments every day maybe you need to do it every hour or every half hour or every other minute I don't know and just take a deep breath and breathe out and would you remind yourself that God has breathed his spirit upon us. We sing it sometimes, perhaps not so often, but breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. Yeah? God has incredible purpose for the work that He's doing in your life. So, you know, you don't have to hold your breath. You can believe and trust and, and breathe out. And with that in mind, I've just got a few things I wanted to share with you um, this morning. And, and one is that next Sunday is our regular rhythm of Scattered Sunday, which means that we're not going to be present in this building um, or via the live stream, although there will be something online for, for people who are coming to us for the first time. Um, but we're not going to be present here. We're going to be part of our transformed communities. And we're going to be with those small group settings, outdoors still at the moment, although the roadmap seems to be accelerating a little. Can anyone say a hallelujah for that? Yeah, I know, it's good news, isn't it? Um, but we're still outdoors at the moment, still in kind of socially distant, smaller groups, but in our transformed communities, we're going to be engaging with one another, We're going to be offering yet more of a welcome to the people who are part of our Alpha course. Can I get a hallelujah for the Alpha course? And um, I'm so thrilled to be hearing testimonies and stories of everything that's going on, of of chats going on long into the night via um, digital means, and of of people just freely sharing all of their questions and thoughts, and of um, just wonderful stuff. And of a a particular young gentleman I was with this week, and he's been coming back, back to God, um, he's up in our Oasis location uh, in the church there this morning and we were chatting and, uh, and, and uh, rather remarkably it turns out that um, Joyce Golding is, lives next door to his mum, some of you know Joyce don't you and, uh, and so there, there he was, he popped round to see his mum and Joyce is like hello and so they got chatting and chatting about Jesus and, and Joyce says well have these Bible reading notes will you and, and, and how encouraging is that? and God is just working to connect people and do wonderful things so next Sunday get connected I know there's a temptation to think if the weather's good or oh, you know I'll, I, I'll just you know do my own thing or or maybe if you've got a busy week ahead you'll just, oh, just get a, a quick start on Monday's work or whatever it is there's all these kind of temptations or when Pastor Greg says scattered Sunday I know some of you you hear it and you see I the words they come out scattered Sunday from my mouth but they enter your ears as "Lie-in and leisurely breakfast and I don't know what happens between my mouth and your ears um but in the name of Jesus that that be rebuked and uh, um, engage with one another and, and really enrich one another's lives and your service to one another through scattered sunday on the 23rd of this month by which time the sun will be gloriously shining and the temperature will have raised by 10 degrees amen uh, Come on, breathe out faith. We remember what we've been doing. Um, we're going to be having a wonderful Pentecost Sunday. It's going to be an international Sunday with international feasting. And uh, amen. And there will be foods from all around this glorious globe. And um, there's going to be a walk-through buffet. Um, and we'll we'll move you along. I know some of you, you're going to try and linger. And you'll be like, I'll just have another one of them. and another. No, no, no. Walk through, get your food. We're going to be utilizing our... Our um, new church grounds, um, and um, and 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 that'll be great. And we'll be singing outdoors uh, because you know we can't quite do that just yet. But we're going to be singing outdoors and celebrating God's goodness. We're going to have a fantastic day that that um, Sunday. And um, you know we're really, really privileged to be taking part in all these things that God is doing. Of course, for these things to really happen, what do we need? Well, well, you. We need you because it's not very good if Pastor Greg is just sat outside eating a curry and singing his heart out. That is not an international feast. Uh, It kind of is. No, it's it's not what we've got in mind. We need you. We need people to be present, to offer themselves, to give their heart and their time and their investment. Uh, and we want to be people who are praying and serving and living and loving together. Um, we need to be people who are g- giving our, our abilities one to another. And we need to be people who are resourcing the work that God is doing. I know so many things over this year have seemed so strange and up in the air, and uh, and, and things can just be so difficult to get into healthy and positive routines. In a, a few weeks, we're going to be build, uh, doing a sermon series called Build Back Better. You're going to be hearing some more about that. I'm going to be inviting all of your thoughts and your feelings and your feedback from the year that we've uh, gone through so I really want to know where everybody is at and what you've learned and and so on and so forth but as we move into these new things we want to be people who are saying yes I'm committed to these things there are new ways of doing these things new ways of everything one of those new ways is the new ways of giving And a number of people have inquired with me, I said, well, how do we give? Pastor Greg, you seem to have forgotten to pass the bucket every week. Uh, It's not that I've forgotten, but we just can't do those kinds of things. So you do see every uh, Sunday the details about the digital means of giving. Um, And in a moment or two, as Pastor Karen is sharing, if you want to utilize those means, you're more than welcome to do so. We have physical boxes as you uh, leave the church if you wish to give in a physical manner, Um, I don't mean like you know in a very kind of physical I don't you know what I mean Um, but you can give by these various means and if you want to set up regular giving then do um, get in touch with us you can email finance at gatewaywirl.com and uh, our finance officer will let you know all about the ways that you can give regularly, and that you can gift aid your giving, um, so that the government can also give to Gateway Church. Um, Does anybody want the government to give us a little, yeah? Okay, well, you could do that. Um, It's really good. So if you want to know more about these things, then do please get in touch. Utilize all of these other means of giving, and worst case scenario, just come and grab me and say, Pastor Greg, I don't know what you're talking about. Help me, and I will help you. Okay, because I love to help you. Um, Last thing before Karen, I think, comes and shares um, is that we're very, very uh, blessed as well um, to have, well, I, I don't remember any time in ministry when I've had so many people either getting married or inquiring about getting married yeah there's a there's like a whole year of of love that has been pent up and everybody is like but we just want to get married um and uh, and and it's really really thrilling to be kind of on that journey with a number of couples um and we're so blessed this morning um to have clement and victoria with us and um and would you stand is that all right and um yeah celebrate them which is really, really wonderful. They are, they are to be married on the 15th of this month. And um, and, and it's, it's still going to be a small gathering, so you're not welcome. Um, <laughs> d- don't come. Uh, but you are welcome to pray for them and to bless them and to really share your heart with them and to just love them in any which way you can. Um, they are going to be in Manchester going forward uh, because they haven't seen the light yet. Um, but God bless them. You might not see them very much going forward. You're going to see Simeon and Bowler, of course, and the family. Um, and from time to time, you may see them. But look at them. Um, they're a lovely, lovely couple. And we want to keep them in our prayers and support them. And. um And they're like, please let me sit down. Please, no, no, stand up. What are you doing? I'm going to pray for you right now. Okay, is that all right? Um, You're allowed to hold hands. That's okay. Um, And uh, God bless them. Reach out a hand to them. Would you do that? Lord Jesus Christ, we know God in so many ways at the moment. There are so many tough things, uncertain things, difficult things, challenging things. But Lord Jesus Christ, your love lavished upon them is bigger, greater, deeper, and wider than all of these things. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your hand of mercy and grace upon them covers them for everything and for always And so, Jesus, we commit them with glad and confident hearts into your gracious care. God, as these last couple of weeks unfold and they're making their preparations, Jesus, would you guide them? Would you give them peace? Would you go before them and de-stress everything, Lord Jesus Christ? And God, give them a day of such unbridled joy that, God, that it would fuel the fire of their love for many, many months and years to come that Lord Jesus Christ, they would know that your hand is upon them. Lord Jesus, would your hand of grace be upon their marriage? Would your hand of grace be upon their home? Would your hand of grace be upon them as they work and as they enjoy their time together? Would your hand of grace be upon them as they go into their future, as they minister one to another into your church and as they are a part of your great and glorious mission? We believe good things for them, Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray our blessings upon what you have already blessed, dear God. Thank you for them. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can now sit down. God bless you. And thank you, Karen. Thank you.
1: Okay, kids, you've been sat down a little bit. So I want you to jump on your feet and jump up on the chairs. Okay, don't tell Pastor Greg, but jump up on the chairs. Come on. Well, let's see. Come on, Ellie. Up you get. I can see. Come on. Let's see. Over. Up on those chairs. Anybody else up on those chairs? You go on then, Micah. You can jump on a chair. You're still young. You're still young. Anybody else? Okay. Let's put left arm in the air. Right arm in the air. Wave. If you're at home, hopefully you're standing on chairs. Ignore your parents, Pastor Karen said. Okay, wave. Maybe shake your arms, shake your legs. Okay, boogie around. Fantastic. Okay, stay standing. Now, if you're allowed, only in the building. Okay, if your parents are allowed, take your mask off. But only if you're allowed. Okay? And what I want you to do is pull. The funniest face you can pull. Now, parents, adults, you can do it, but obviously you've got a mask on, so we're not going to be able to see it. So after three, are oh, you ready? One, two, three. There's some interesting faces going on here. Not bad. Okay, back to normal. Are oh, you ready? We're going to go one one more time. Are you ready? So everybody else, back to normal. Maybe that is their normal face. We don't know. Here you go. Are you ready? One, two, three. Pull that face. Freeze. Do you think they could stay like that all the way through the service? We're going to have a competition. But Pastor Greg has to look at these faces all the way through the service. Fantastic. Now, you're going to stay standing just for a little bit more. Now, that was a little bit different, wasn't it? You looked a little bit silly. Everybody looked different didn't they but the good news is God still loves you looking silly okay we might see things differently now there's going to be one picture hopefully come up on the screen what do you see let's see any of the kids what do you see a man playing the saxophone does anybody see anything different any of the kids see different Oba. you see you see a man yeah and there's a face there as well, isn't there? Can somebody, anybody else see the face? Yeah, Lucas can see the face. On the other side there and there, there's a face on there. Next slide. Okay. What do you see? Any of the kids? Over. A little, A little person, like a little Eskimo kind of in there. Okay. Anybody see anything different? Lucas. So said, look out for the UK. I tell you what, that's imaginative. I've never seen that one, but that's pretty good. If you see that, anybody else see anything different? It's a, there's a face as well as there, like an Indian, isn't there? Can you kind of see on the side, down, round? Okay, one more, I think we've got. We've got two more, okay. What can you see? Just a D. You can see birds flying. Anything else? Joshua Some see some trees and that? See, okay. can anybody see an elephant? Can you see the elephants? Okay, okay, and there's one more slide. Okay, let's see what we can see on here. Is it coming up? Hmm. What do we see? Lucas. A stern guy, a face. Okay. Now I'm going to turn around. If you all turn your face to the right like that, can you see anything else? Can you see anything else? Can you see a word? Just a D. Liar is on there as well. Okay. Kids, you can, sit on the, you can sit back down if you want to now. Well, you can stay there if you want. Okay, the boys are staying there. That's fine. You see, we all see things differently, don't we? Yes? Some of you saw a lady. Some of you saw a trumpet, somebody playing the trumpet. We saw an Eskimo and an Indian chief. Trees, huts, birds, or an elephant. And then a face or the word liar. And although we might see things differently, it doesn't mean... we should fall out with each other, should it? Even if we have different views or different opinions. Sometimes at school, kids, you might have differences with your friends, but it's important that we learn to be gracious and we learn to forgive each other as well. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, "'He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins.'" He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So let's learn today, even though we might all be different and we see things differently, is to know God's grace, to know God's forgiveness and also share that with those around us, even if we are different. Because, as I said earlier, God loves every single one of us and we're all special and important to
0: him. Amen. Amen. So if the kids get up for the family spot and stand on their chairs, does that mean that all the adults have to stand on their chairs while I preach? Is that, is that how it works? I'm not entirely sure. Some of you are laughing, thinking that's funny. Uh, two of you. Um, the rest of you are laughing nervously thinking he might just make us do that. Um, no, I won't make you do that. We are um, really, really blessed uh, as a church to be talking about um, diversity, um, but not solely talking about it as just a thing that exists, nor talking at it from the, the best offerings of our world, which tend to be um, ideas of, of tolerance or acceptance. Which I think we've all agreed, really. Isn't that great? It's not that wonderful. Uh, We've been talking about actually what God's plans and purposes are for His church. That God's intention from the very beginning has been to make for Himself a people that is truly global that comes from every background, every nation, that looks wondrously different to one another, sounds wondrously different, has different experiences, comes from all generations, and that God wants to do these good and gracious things through us. And this sermon series is called Invited. And we're going to dig into this over the next few minutes, but before we do, we've been having some video um, testimonies, little stories of invitation from different members of our church, all folks from different backgrounds, and, uh, and we've got another one today, um, so I'm going to invite the guys to share that with us now, thank you.
2: I'm Libby, and I'm invited. Well, I don't know who invited my parents, but I came with my parents at six. Um, and the first person to really engage with me was Rachel McCasey. Uh, she grabbed my hand and took me to Sunday school, which I hated uh, at the time. <laughs> and then I, she put me next to Anissa, and here we are. I've never felt excluded from our church. I think for me, the only exclusion. Um, that comes is with the global church and, and not knowing that I could walk into any church and they would take me seriously, it can be challenging. I think it's really important to keep an open dialogue um, and speak about important issues. I think that's why Pastor Greg's doing this sermon series and it's crucial. And I just hope that everybody feels as though it doesn't matter how silenced you feel, how useless you feel and how unworthy you feel perhaps how isolated you feel. There are people going through the exact same thing, and there are people within the Bible that you can look to to see different parts of your story in, and how God uses them nevertheless. You're invited.
0: I'm really enjoying hearing these stories, Um, and um, although they be brief, um, every story that we've had so far has just named somebody who's who's reached out and been that person of welcome, who has made that place for somebody else. And I think that is something that as a church we want to celebrate. Um, We really want to enjoy it, and I'm so loving to see that, uh, particularly in our our Alpha course, Uh, and when people have been signing up and sending me their little emails, it's like, oh, I want to come because so-and-so invited me, or because such-and-such said, this will work for you, why don't you try it, or why don't you explore this? And that's really what has uh, made the difference. It's what continues to make the difference in our lives. As a church, we're believing that this is work that God has called us to invest in. The work of welcome, the work of bridging divides, the work of and not just saying, yes, we are diverse, but actually embracing and celebrating that diversity and allowing God to work through us something that is quite unique within our world. Our world needs the church, as two of us run. Our world needs the church. And I want you to understand that, not in terms of uh, your own kind of uh, doubts about yourself or or your own feelings of inadequacy, but understand that in terms of God's plans and purposes for his church. You know, it's always been this way, that God has done the very best things through his people. There was a girl named Ruby Bridges, and she was just six years old when she became the first African-American to attend an all-white elementary school in New Orleans, obviously many years ago now. Every day, she was escorted by armed guards through angry crowds at the school gates. One woman screamed death threats at Ruby. Another protester held a black doll aloft in a coffin. Parents pulled their children out of the school. Having braved the crowd's hatred, Ruby would sit all alone in an empty classroom. She would wander the corridors alone at break times looking for other children. Images of this tiny little girl, so smartly dressed and clutching her school bag, guarded by federal marshals twice her size, polarized America at the time. And the child psychologist, Robert Coles, offered Ruby counseling. Once a week, he would sit in the humble home she shared with four siblings and her parents who could neither read nor write. You looked like you were talking to the people in the street on your way into school yesterday, he said on one occasion. Did you finally get angry with them? Were you telling them to leave you alone? No, doctor, replied Ruby politely. I didn't tell them anything. I didn't talk to them. Well, who were you talking to? The little girl stared at him. I was talking to God. I was praying to God for the people in the street. You were praying for them. But Ruby, why were you praying for them? Her eyes widened. Well, don't you think they need praying for? Robert Coles was lost for words. Regaining his composure, he whispered, What do you say when you pray for them, Ruby? Oh, I always say the same thing. Please, God, try to forgive these people because even if they say these mean things, they don't know what they're doing. And this morning, I would love for us to learn from that six year old girl who, whether she knew it or didn't know it, quoted those words from the very lips of Jesus from her experience of being harmed. And that's what it was. All of that pain and trouble laid upon the shoulders of a six-year-old girl. It beggars the imagination, doesn't it? But she quoted from the one who had been harmed for us all, Christ Jesus. And presumably by the powerful work of God in her life, She was able to speak words of forgiveness, pray forgiveness for people. As she rightly said, the problem wasn't hers, it was theirs. In fact, she wasn't the one in need, it was them. In fact, in spite of what it appeared like, she was the one who was contentedly in the place of the comfort of God. While all the rabble-rousing mob wrestled with their sin. Can we learn from a six year old girl this morning? Our world is a world of difference, of diversity, and indeed of division. But could there be a better way? Can we really reach across the divides like little Ruby? Can we break down the barricades with prayer and with love? Can we really know one another? Can we really love one another and be the family of God together? Can we live out that love in this world? Knowing one another is the beginning of loving one another. Do we actually know one another? And to be honest, I think this this year that's gone past has probably made that maybe harder than ever. Finding ourselves oftentimes isolated within our own homes separated from loved ones, certainly separated from those that we don't yet know, people who we could get to know could become loved ones, we've found ourselves separated. It's incredibly hard. And it's so easy within times of separation uh, to just judge books by their covers, is it not? And indeed to then caricature or stereotype people who we consider perhaps to be other to us. We live within a culture that that claims to want to work towards an accepting and diverse culture. And yet, so many of the cues that we hear and are surrounded by actually divide us. They they pigeonhole people and and put us in our boxes and our groupings and separate us one from another. Is there a way of moving beyond the caricature? I read... um, pretty amusing subverting of caricature this week, and it was talking about um, senior uh, or older folks um, and, and how it is actually, uh, that, that though many of you younger people, I, I would never do this of course, but uh, many of you younger people uh, might seem to caricature um, those who are senior to you. Well, um, one senior person recasts themselves as a teenager. It's a senior teenager. Uh, Do you want to know what they were getting at? Well, let me describe it as as they put it. They said, I am a a senior teenager. I have everything that I wanted as a teenager, only 60 years later. I don't have to go to school or to work. Does that sound like any teenagers? I think maybe, I don't know. Um, I I get an allowance every month. (laughs) Allowance, pension, the same kind of thing. Uh, I have my own pad. I don't have a curfew, I have a driver's license and my own car, I don't have acne. Life is great. When I was a child, I thought nap time was a punishment. Now it feels like a small holiday. And I don't have gray hair, I have wisdom highlights. Any hallelujahs and amens from the senior saints in the building here? Some of you have got a lot of wisdom highlights, just saying. Um, And then they finished off by saying, of course I talk to myself. Sometimes I need expert advice. (laughs) It's not just kind of massive kind of generational divides that we can caricature one another. Erin, the other day, showed me some quotes from children imagining what life would be like at 40, and this felt very, very personal. Rita Monaghan, aged nine, said, they were invited to imagine what it would be like to be 40. And she said, I am 40. I have wrinkles and grey hair, and I would have a walking stick to help me walk. I'm 40. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Turner, aged eight, mused, I am 40. I am turning old. I just left work because I cannot manage going up and down hills. I know I will soon die. (laughs) I had no idea my time was so short. Goodness. We separate. We divide. Generationally, between men and women, between nationalities, backgrounds, skin colors, language groupings. We divide, as we've said, right just across this small peninsula, with there being a 10-year Life expectancy difference between those on the Mersey side and those on the D side. There are so many divisions, and we we, we look across at one another and we just assume. We just assume that we know the other. We just assume that we understand. We just assume that our our caricatures or maybe our, our worst expectations are true. Are we so wise? It's so easy to simply assume we know one another, know what they are like, without ever going to the trouble of listening or of learning or of loving. And look, those might be silly examples, but the experience of Little Ruby isn't anything but silly, isn't it? The experience of many folks within our world, even many people within our congregation is anything but silly. Division, separation, othering hurts. Silly misconceptions can turn into cold ignorances, sometimes even into hot hatreds. It's easy to assume, yet God has done something remarkable in those who are in Him. And so this morning, just for a little while, we want to explore what it is that God has done in us and how then that means that the way we live one to another must be, should be, absolutely has to be different. In Ephesians 2, we find these truths of the powerful and profound work of God in our lives. And and from verse 13 onwards, we can read this. But now, in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, in Christ Jesus. That's you. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This is the work of the cross. It enables a reconciliation to God and to one another. God is making a new humanity through the cross. One new humanity bringing peace you know, I don't know what you thought Jesus was doing when he died for you and saved you. Whether you thought that God's plan was that you would come to a particular building and, and sing songs with people that you don't really know and, you know, occasionally get to um, gather around a table and have something to eat and to drink. It sounds to me much like what you might do in a pub if that's it. Because you could go to a place with people you don't really know and sing some karaoke and have a pint and some bar snacks If the extent of what you think God has done is to bring you into a room with people that you don't really get to know, sing some songs and have something to eat, then you've totally missed the point. God, the Bible says, is making a new humanity, bringing peace. The scriptures continue from verse 16. God might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now Paul is speaking here in a context where the division was between people who were from the Jewish background who placed their trust in God And people who are from the non-Jewish or Gentile background who place their trust in God. Culturally and religiously, Jew and Gentile seemed so different. There were so many divisions between. And so Paul is speaking to them and describing how God in himself breaks those dividing walls of hostility. And he makes this one person through Jesus, the one Savior, in the love of the one Father, filled with the one Spirit. It's a very strong and powerful message. What we're wanting to understand is that this message is powerfully applicable to all the people of our world. It's applicable to all the people of the world. And it certainly is applicable to all the people of our church. How are we doing at drawing near to one another in the love of the Savior. As we began this series, Invited, we looked at the story of Philip meeting that Ethiopian out in the wilderness and how they opened up the scriptures and found that that God wanted to do this wonder work through them both. And, And the Ethiopian was welcomed in through Philip's testimony. And we said there's five things that we're wanting every single person in our church to do through this series. And you've only got a few weeks left, so hop to it. Here are the five things invite somebody invite somebody be brave enough to say there's this person in church and I don't really know much about them they have a very different background to me maybe they look different or sound different or come from a different place to me I've just we've said hello a bunch of times but we've never really got to know one another send a text You know, at the moment, all you can do is sit in a garden or go for a walk in the park or the beach. But, hey, the Wirral has the best parks and beaches on God's green earth. Can I get a hallelujah? Um, So, you know, it's not so bad. Soon you'll be able to sit inside and have a brew. But, you know, wait for that. But invite somebody. Sit down together. That's the second thing. Because, you know, just saying hello to somebody in church isn't good enough. Does anybody know that? That's not being the body of Christ that is described here in Ephesians 2. It's not being the family of faith that God actually died to bring about and enable us to come into. You've got to spend time with one another. So invite somebody, sit down together, share Jesus. That's what we're doing right now, but it's not just a Sunday thing. Does anybody know that Jesus quite likes Mondays? I know most of you don't, but me and Jesus, we love Mondays. It's my day off. Thankfully, Jesus never gets a day off, so he's always rooting for you. He's always doing good things in your life. Jesus loves Mondays. If you don't, you will know, forget everything and just remember that, won't you? But anyhow, he's present everywhere. Share Jesus. That's the third thing. Invite somebody. Sit down together. Share Jesus. Share your story. And go second. Go second. Let the other person go first. Listen. Share your story. Get to know one another. And what do we see? What happened for Philip and the Ethiopian? What will happen for you? What will happen for our church? What will happen in our world? You'll grow spiritually. That Ethiopian guy, he said, come on, let's baptize me, Phil. And he was welcomed in. And you can grow as well. So, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands if you've done it already. Because Pastor Greg does not need that kind of crushing disappointment. You've got a few more weeks. Invite somebody get the ball rolling get the ball rolling reach out let's love one another and we've seen how God through these kinds of encounters breaks down walls of division do you remember Peter and Cornelius that we looked at And how God can say, actually, it doesn't matter how different you might appear. Actually, I have chosen you all since before the dawn of time. And I'm bringing you together in a wonder work that's going to find its absolute crescendo. You read it in Revelation 21 and there you see all the people, don't you? You can visualize it. You can hear the roar of the church as God is with his people and his people are with him. And they're from every tribe, nation and tongue. All together in him. It's good. It's good. God breaks down the walls and God can help us to trust one another to see his best will be done. You remember Saul and Ananias? Scattered Sundays come coming next week. Come on. Don't do that DIY project. It'll wait. Monday's work will wait till Monday. I'll pray for you that your boss will become a better human being. Don't go doom scrolling on the news or spend your time in social media. Invest in one another. Invest in one another. For us to really be the family of God and and really love one another, we actually have to know one another. To know one another means a consistent investment of time. There are no shortcuts in this. Now, as we talked last week, Uh, To let one another in, to know one another, it means to let one another in, it means to spend that time together, to let one another in is an issue of trust, and it can be really, really hard, especially if we find that we've had our trust abused before. If our experience, especially with people from what we might call another group or another background, has been of broken trust we can assume it will always be that way. It's something we have to work on, not fake. No one's asking you to put on your good Christian face and just pretend like it's all okay. We want Jesus, we need Jesus. But then we want to say, God, knowing this, it's on you, it's not on me, but I wanna work with you. You know, there's no value in giving one another just that pretense or appearance and then walking away, still distant from one another, still hurt, still with the capacity to hurt it's something we need to keep working on in a moment or two we're going to consider how we can come to trust through the work of forgiveness but right now we're going to share in a, a song as we reflect upon these things trust is hard trust is work but it's the bedrock for everything that God wants to do through our growing, renewed, and renewing relationships. Would you stand with me here, church? Stand with me at home, church, and let's reflect upon these things. Think about Ephesians 2. What has God done in your life? How has he made you new? How has he fashioned this new humanity? God, would you do this work through as we pray? Thank you, God. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus we do sing of your goodness God we speak of your goodness Jesus we thank you for the goodness that you have worked into our lives and we pray that our lives would outwork your goodness in this world, Amen Amen, please take your seats for just a a few more moments and we have a a few uh, concluding thoughts that will help us uh, put some legs onto our desire As oftentimes we we think, you know, yes, we agree with the scriptures. We believe that God has done a good work in us. We can see the value of investing ourselves in something. But when the tire hits the road, you know, when the going gets tough, we kind of just want to get going. And um, it can be really, really hard. Trust to let people in to get to know one another, to really truly build a better church, build a better world through God's church. It takes commitment and it takes time, but without the fuel for that commitment, it won't happen. And what we want to understand is that God's gift, God's fuel for our commitment is the work of forgiveness that he has done within us and he wants to do through us in his world. John Ortberg, he describes forgiveness as a kind of spiritual surgery that can remove what is toxic to the heart and make dead relationships come alive again. I I think there's something in that. It is that drastic of an intervention. Sometimes it really is kind of almost seems like a, a last resort, but it's the best option to remove something that is so troubling, that which is toxic to the heart. Now, forgiveness um, can be a thorny subject, Um, so we want to make sure we're talking about the same thing as one another this morning. We want to be clear that forgiveness is not the same thing as condoning wrong behavior or excusing it. Things that are wrong are wrong. They need to be attended to, called out, and appropriately remedied. Forgiveness doesn't just say, well, it's okay. Forgiveness is also not the same thing as simply forgetting. Forgetting and feeling like you have to just pretend like it didn't happen, and sometimes being hurt over and over and over again. Forgiveness is a different thing to forgetting. If something has truly been forgotten, then forgiveness probably isn't necessary. But forgiveness is a very particular thing that doesn't necessarily have to lead to forgetting in a simplistic way. Forgiveness is also not the same thing as waiting for someone else to apologize. Forgiveness is an active thing that bridges divides that won't be bridged otherwise. You know, when we look at the example of Christ, we see a vast chasm between God and humanity that humanity could never bridge. We read in the Old Testament, don't we, of numerous individuals, minority certainly, but there they were longing to be with God. And yet the only way that they could really ever be with God eternally was through God bridging the divide. It's similar with our forgiveness relationships. It's about taking the first step. It's about forgiving even actually when you may never meet or spend time with that person again. And look, sometimes that's actually the best thing. But in Matthew 18, when Jesus describes a process of forgiveness, the very first step is go to your brother. It's, it's, it's the wronged party actually taking the step of forgiveness. Forgiveness is also not necessarily the same thing as reconciliation. While we might want reconciliation within our world, it doesn't always come together with forgiveness. The party who may have wronged you may indeed have passed away, but the work of forgiveness is still good for you. There may never be an appropriate reconciliation between some people in this life, but the work of forgiveness is still the right thing to do. What is forgiveness? In a very simple way, forgiveness is giving up the right to hurt the other person back, which can be harder than it sounds. Sometimes we might say, well of course I wouldn't want to hurt somebody. That's not me, that's them. But there can easily be something within us when we've been hurt or harmed, particularly when we've been harmed by prejudice, when we've been harmed by the outworking of division, when we've been harmed by racism or by misogyny or by other despicable sins within our world. That actually causes something to almost feel like it's breaking within us. Forgiveness is giving up the right to perpetuate those cycles and to do a better work. It's not passive, but it is a better active. When you've been wronged, when a person has hurt you, oftentimes it feels like, because this is true, someone has taken something from you. Maybe they've taken your peace. Maybe you feel like they've taken your dignity. And when something has been taken from you wrongfully, then of course there's a debt. My little lad at the moment, um, on a a reasonably regular basis, uh, he comes home from school and uh, and, we will get home to school and and he's learned to only do this when we get all the way back. Uh, But he'll, he'll produce something out of his pocket and he'll say, Daddy, I did very well in school today and the teacher has given me this. And then we'll look at this grubby, half-broken toy, and and we will know that this was not the product of his endeavors in the classroom, but rather it's something that he's been playing with, and it just found its way into his pocket. Um, We're not sure at this stage whether he's a little forgetful or a little light-fingered, but pray for us, would you? Um, He's a good boy, he is a good boy. When something's been taken, there's a debt, and a debt leads to two possible options, doesn't it? If somebody owes you a debt, then you can either choose to make them pay, or you can choose to absorb the debt, to forgive the debt, to wipe out of the debt yourself. Now that doesn't mean that it never happened because if you choose to do the work of absorbing that debt of doing the work of forgiveness it means actually you're paying the cost. That's tough, isn't it? That's an incredibly tough thing for any of us to be asked but please understand me I'm not asking this of you as a white, middle class, British bloke because how could I? But I think I believe and recognize that Jesus Christ from the cross asks these things of us and he speaks with far more authority than I ever could. There is a cost in forgiving a debt. Sometimes it's a great cost but it's an invested cost because there is incredible reward in forgiveness. There's reward for the one who has wronged you certainly there is but there's reward for you as well. Forgiveness sets us free. Maybe even as I'm speaking these words, you're thinking about the way in which others have hurt you, the way in which people have seen you as other. They've made you unwelcome. They've treated you worse than they've treated others around you, and it has been wrong. It's been despicable. It is sin. Let's name it for what it is. And when we feel those hurts, we're asking ourselves, how on earth can I do this work? Even if this is the work of Christ, how can I do this? Well, come on, just as we close, let's turn our attention to Jesus because He's where we began and He's where we should go. Those words that we read from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 onwards, it's not about flicking a switch, it's about receiving before we give. As nobody in this church will ever ask you to do what you haven't already been given. And the Bible there teaches us, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And Jesus did this, verse 15 tells us, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And the scripture continues in verses 16. And that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What is happening here? Let's come to the cross, shall we? At the cross, the Bible is here teaching us that Jesus radically changes who we are. Verse 14 says, he himself is our peace. We are made one new humanity. None of us is here in this building listening to this live stream. Not one of us is in the family or the kingdom of God by the work of our own hands, our own wisdom, our own goodness. This is the work of God in us. And it's the same work he accomplishes in each and every person. Look, there are things about me that are are noticeably different to some of the things about some of you. I've mentioned it already, but I am a white, middle class, middle aged British man feels, when I say it out loud it feels like, like how you might find in the dictionary a definition of dull I don't know, it's just how it sounds to me But it's quite ordinary it's quite plain in a sense and I am who I am I can't change aspects of, of who I am and many of the aspects I kind of like but they're different to you But what is true about us all, what makes us this one new humanity, is the cross. God changes the us and them mentality. Oftentimes within our world, you know, the things that look different about us, we we kind of gather around or unite around. Uh, And people all too easily and readily say, ah, but yes, they are different or they are other. In Christ, we recognize it is no longer about us and them, it's about us us and him and that's the only dynamic that really matters going forwards there are no other groupings yes there is diversity yes there is a kaleidoscope of wonder and that should never be diminished we've said already in this series if any other believer says you can be a part but first you've got to be a bit more like me that's not diversity that's deference and it's not the gospel. The gospel is we are all the us, and we are all in him. At the cross, Jesus radically changes who we are. At the cross, we realize, as he has radically changed us, we realize where we once were. In you know, the Bible, Paul speaking to the Ephesians, he says, look, once there were some of you who were far off. And for all of us who have come into Christ, we recognize spiritually speaking, there was a time when we were all excluded. Because of our own sinfulness, because of falling short of the standard of God, we were all excluded. If that is true, and if God has brought us into his family, how can anybody who claims the name of Jesus ever be a person who excludes another? It's not possible. If you're a person who ever excludes someone else, it means you haven't understood the work of the cross. You haven't understood that once we were all far off, but Jesus brought us all in. To know where we once were is to change us to be people who include, who bring in, who draw in. Erin shared with me just this morning a story that her sister had posted online um, from the States. And um, I think we've got a picture of the two young lady in, ladies in question, and they're two Chinese-American ladies, and they study at a college in, I think, Virginia, um, in the States. And they were on a bus traveling to their lectures. One of them's a first year, one of them's a second year. They look impossibly young, isn't it? How can they be in university? Look, about 12, I don't know, I'm getting old. Um, they'd never met each other before but they happened to sit down next to one another on the bus and they got chatting because one of them says I love small talk that's how I'm not the same Uh, but they got chatting and um, they they started talking about their studies they're on different courses they started talking about where they were from different towns different cities in the US Um, but uh, as they were talking about where they were from one of them had the courage to say is that where you're from originally they're Chinese-American ladies, and one of them thought, well, let's find out. And it turns out that they were both, once upon a time, adopted by American families from China. And, of course, you'll know that China's had an incredibly repressive regime for an awful long time with a one-child system, and you know, it's led to a lot of poor children without families. But these two girls were brought into adoptive families in the States. And different cities, different families, no shared background, but they ended up at the same uni on this same bus. And one said to the other, do you know where you were adopted from? Because apparently with these uh, girls of a certain generation who were adopted from China, the only thing they know about themselves is that the home that they were in went before they were adopted. And they, they have a few pictures of it. Um, this girl said, oh, I'm from such and such an adoption home in China. And the other girl said, how strange, so am I. And, um, and, and then the one girl whipped out her phone, and she had some of the photos on her phone. And she started to scroll through them. And you can see them holding the, their phones right there. And I don't know whether you can see it, but it's got the exact same picture on both the phones. Because one of the girls pulled out the picture, and, and she had the picture there. And she said, there's me in the coat. And the other girl looked at it in amazement, pulled out her phone, went to the exact same photo and said, I'm sitting next to you. Isn't that remarkable? Across the globe. Phenomenal story. And I share that with you this morning because I want you to understand You might be a part of this church. You might be in this particular place and you think, goodness, I come from somewhere altogether different. There's nothing that unites me with these people. Maybe sometimes you feel out on a limb. Maybe you feel like no one gets you, no one understands you. But here's the truth of the matter. You all have been adopted by the same father into the same family and you are closer than you ever realized you were. God has known you since before you were born. And he's loved you with his everlasting love. We know where we've come from. Once it seemed like there was nobody to rescue us, nobody to help us. It seemed like we had a hopeless future, but God has brought us in. We know where we've come from because of the cross. But we know where we are now. God has done such a wonder for us so that we can live in that wonder. Christians can I say this over you this morning you are not the person some people have said that you are you are the one that God has spoken over you are not the person that others have disregarded or demeaned you're an adopted child of God he has brought us near to himself and to one another and he's inviting us to understand the work that he's done in us so that we can join him in that work, so that we can be people who pay the price, who do the work of forgiveness, who learn again to trust, who know one another, learn from one another, love one another. You are the person that God has loved and has given fullness of life to. Would you, ch- would you stand with me today, church? We're closing now. perhaps you would close your eyes in prayer and reflection As this morning it's really just two things that I want you to take away you take away this wonder work that God has done in your life once you were far off but he has brought you near it's often said that it's level ground at the foot of the cross no one stands higher or lower than anybody else because of the cross We are all God's children, one family, one savior. This morning, I want you to know who you are in Christ. But then the second thing is, I want you to know what you're gonna do about it. If there's a work of forgiveness that God is inviting you to do, then please do it. Don't get things upside down or wrong. We've described what it is and what it isn't very clearly. God wants to come to you in this and help you to trust. God wants to come to us in this and help us to know one another, love one another. So this morning, church, know your God. But then as we sing and close now, come on. Don't leave in another week. Don't leave in another day. Don't leave it another hour. Who are you gonna send a message to and say, hey, would you go for a walk with me? We say hello every week. We might even be in the same transform community, but we don't know each other. There seem like so many things that are different between us, but God wants us to really care for one another. God wants us to build a better church and for that church to build a better world. Lord Jesus, would you profoundly and powerfully enrich my brothers and sisters in the knowledge and understanding of the work of the cross. Would you give us a sight, O Savior, of your wondrous love for us. And Lord Jesus, as we begin to appreciate in a new way what it is you've done in us, Lord God, I pray that we would go from this place confidently with a real passion to pursue the work of reconciliation of forgiveness of trust of knowing and loving one another and being people of love within a world in need Jesus we want to learn from that little six year old girl Ruby this world needs you Jesus needs your forgiveness needs real love we're the people to bring it. So we go in your name and according to your call. Amen. Amen. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know... Uh, That taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called Transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know and we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.